As women, we juggle so much. Kids, marriage, careers, the list goes on. We need spaces that highlight our unique experiences and explore topics relevant to us. Not just that, we strive to understand what God thinks about our issues because we know he cares. This is the place where minding God's business is our business. This is Women in God's Business. Welcome back to the Women in God's Business podcast. I am Misha King. This episode is post-Valentine's Day, so you know the love is still in the air. This is our third episode, and I'm so appreciative of the love and support you all have shown me. You know you have true ride or dies when people are sharing your passion and gleaning support from others. So I appreciate the shares on Facebook, the shares on Instagram, the likes on Instagram. And if you haven't yet followed me, follow me on Instagram at Misha E. King. The messages and feedback I've received received so far have blessed me beyond words. You know, when the idea sparked my heart a couple of years ago, I doubted myself and my abilities. I thought to myself, no one wants to hear from me. What could I possibly share with others that would make an impact in their lives? I recently watched a sermon, though, by Pastor Sarah Jakes Roberts entitled A Bold Move. If you haven't checked it out, after you get done listening to this podcast, head over to YouTube and check it out. She talked about self-preservation and how self-preservation looks different in one season in your life than another. There is a distinction between self-preservation mode and mission mode. Now, we tend to stay comfortable in self-preservation mode because we are afraid of vulnerability and lack trust in God to protect us in mission mode. So we remain hidden when God is calling us out. Y'all, when I listened to just the first 20 to 30 minutes of the sermon, I was shouting, y'all, in my car, tears in my eyes, running down my face because I knew she was talking about me. I was content in my own little bubble with my own little family, my own little issues and my business to deal with. But I knew God anointed me to minister his word. Now, to what capacity? I didn't know, but I was just too afraid to step out. Now, this has nothing to do with what our subject is today, but I felt led to share that with you because I know I am not the only one who has stayed in self-preservation mode because you were afraid of the potential barriers you were going to shatter, the strongholds that you would break, the businesses you would own and form, the ideas that would change world views. God has moved you into a space and his hand is upon you in nothing, y'all, by any means shall hurt you, shall stop you, shall harm you, nothing. Sometimes we're just afraid of us. So stop being afraid of you. Let today be a sign that God wants to pull you out and that whatever you are holding on to is not worth missing out on your destiny. So you, you move out the way and allow God to bring you out. When he presents you, no devil will be able to stop you period. (laughs) So here we are post Valentine's Day. What has been your worst and best Valentine's Day memory? I remember in college being in a situationship and y'all know what a situationship is and it was Valentine's Day and here I am with all these big expectations and here goes he and gives me with this little old miniature green teddy bear 
holding a little pink heart y'all I had no words I don't even know why I expected so much because up to that point he had showed me so little but fast forward y'all to Valentine's Day of 2011 I wake up in the morning as I'm getting ready for work I haven't left my bedroom yet but as soon as I open my bedroom door candles lined down the hallway with rose petals that led me to the end of the hall where I was greeted with roses and a card that gave me a glimpse into what my day was going to look like. Included in the card was a CD that I was to listen to throughout the day to set the tone for what was to come. The day was planned from itch to scratch. (laughs) After work, I was chauffeured to a spa where I was to receive a full body massage and a facial. I then got all dressed up. He picked me up from the spa and we went out to a nice restaurant, a nice candlelit dinner. And y'all, I was taken by surprise. Never in my life did I imagine I would experience the true sense of a romantic love that soon. When I tell you he intricately planned that day and I don't even know how long he had been planning that but he specifically thought about me and what I wanted I always knew that I could have this fairy tale love story I just never knew it would happen when it did and that it was really happening the level of planning and effort to treat me was astonishing and you know what 12 years later every valentine's day is that intricate in detail and thought so of course that was my best valentine's day memory because that was the first time i had ever been treated like i was worth it so what about you What was your worst and best Valentine's Day memory? I'm interested in hearing from you. Why don't you go ahead and share below? Now, today's episode is entitled, Throw Away Your List. Now, we've all been there when we've developed this laundry list of expectation a man needs to meet before we consider a relationship with him. You know the list, like either has to be tall, dark skin or light skin, nice built, making at least this much money no kids no baby mama drama he has to have his own car his own job maybe you are the person who likes the dreads or a nice fade he has to be able to dress nice own his own place adventurous like pet strong i mean the list can go on and on and on (laughs) but with that list it narrows down an already small pool of men to where what you are asking for essentially is non-existent (laughs) Now, there's a difference between having standards and having a list. Standards are like your non-negotiables. These are more so attributes that define the person's character instead of what he has or doesn't have. For example, a standard could be that he must have his own relationship with Christ, period. No exceptions, because you understand that being unequally yoked is only going to create division in your relationship rather than cohesion. I remember when I first got saved and I was trying to hold on y'all to this relationship I had in my BC days. And when I say BC days, I'm referring to before Christ. (laughs) 
I wanted to go to church on a Friday night, but he wanted to stay at home smoking party. I wanted to pray with him and he looked at me sideways, literally. I learned real quick that this wasn't gonna work. So I had to set a standard that I was not going to let up on because the type of marriage I wanted required us to be aligned, standard. Now, I emphasize the word marriage because we really need to stop jumping into relationships without the expectation of marriage. We are not pity patting, boyfriend, girlfriend, testing the waters. Maybe this will work. Maybe it won't. I looked at my analytics, y'all, and the majority of my audience are women between the ages of 30 and 40. We have passed that stage of situationships. If you desire to be a wife, and I recognize not that being married is not everyone's goal, but for those of you who do desire marriage, we are no longer investing in situationships. I'm either vetting you to be a potential husband or there's nothing really else to talk about. So if you are in a situation where he just want to have fun, maybe Netflix and chill. Today is the day we say my time is too valuable to invest in you. What does that woman say? Reclaiming my time. (laughs) I mean, no disrespect, but this stage of my life, I can no longer sacrifice standards for a list. That part. You may look good, make six figures, drive a nice car, build real nice on your own place. You may even visit your mama every Sunday. But if this is not going anywhere, meaning you don't see me as a wife and you're not putting in an investment in our future, this thing we have, it ends now. I love me too much to wait around for you to see I'm worth it. Standards. Standards are you're a man of integrity, you're honest, you're dependable, you have morals, and you stand by your word. These characteristics are more attractive and go a long way, more than what you think you want as described in your list. So let's talk about attraction because this generation is hyper-focused on the outward appearance. You got the Instagram models with the perfect hair, eyes, legs, the butt, the stomach, everything. That looks good and all in your 20s and 30s, but let your 40s, 50s, 60s come around. Things start getting a little looser, saggier, wrinkly. I mean, certain things don't operate how they used to. So what you fell in love with looks substantially different. No matter how many surgeries or cosmetic procedures are out there to restore a younger version of you, what will keep you drawn to that person? On the flip side, character has like a gravitational pull that no matter what age or stage of life you're in, the pieces of you that makes you you hold firm and last for a lifetime. Now, before we get any further, you know, here at Women in God's Business, we make some declarations. Here at Women in God's Business, we take a moment in our day to do some self-talk. Affirmations are a sure way to build yourself up by stating truths about yourself. People will always have something negative to say, but what you say to yourself matters. I invite you to share affirmations with me at info at womenandgodsbusiness.com. And each week, I will pick one to share with you all. 
This affirmation was shared with me by a dear friend of mine, and I'm so excited to share with you. Our affirmation this week is, it has to work out for my good because God said so. So with me, I would like you to say that phrase at least five times. Ready? Go. It has to work out for my good because God said so. It has to work out for my good because God said so. It has to work out for my good because God said so. It has to work out for my good because God said so. It has to work out for my good because God said so. Thank you, friend. So here at Women in God's Business, we get all up in God's business because his business is our business. We ask ourselves, what's God's take on this topic? And what is his perspective? Immediately, I thought about the time when Samuel was to anoint David as king. To give some context, the first king of Israel was Saul. Now Saul, he kept doing things his own way and kept disobeying God time after time after time. And God was like, nope, I'm not doing this with you any longer. It's time for a new king. So God gave Samuel the prophet directions to go to Jesse of Bethlehem where he would anoint the new king. Now Jesse, he had several sons. When he saw the first son, Samuel thought, surely the Lord's anointed stands here before the Lord. It was Samuel's human part of him that believed that there was a certain look of a king. Someone who was strong in stature, tall, confident stance that qualified them as king. God quickly got him together and was like, do not consider his appearance or his height, for I have rejected him. The Lord does not look at things people look at. People look at the outward appearance, but the Lord looketh on the heart. How many times have you rejected a potential prospect because of a list someone else has made for you? But God makes a point by saying, I don't see what everybody else sees because what people see is a list. God wasn't looking for a person to be ruler over his chosen people who look put together. Matter of fact, thank God that God is a God who will put together the unput together. Yes, I made up a word. You don't need the validation of others because God has validated you. Man doesn't qualify you. God does. Now, the Bible does say that David was of a beautiful countenance and goodly to look at. It's a bonus when he has good character and looks good, but we'll pass over someone because they don't have it put together. And God may be calling you to him to add value and grow with him from the place he's in to his place of purpose. You may be the missing piece for the Bible says, for when a man findeth a wife, he findeth what? A good thing. Honey, you are that good thing. You are the prize. Let's stop sacrificing our standards for a list. Here's your list. Gone. (laughs) First and foremost, the Bible says, if you delight yourself in the Lord, he will give you the desires of your heart. Delighting yourself in the Lord brings a transformation in our thinking and outlook of people. His desires become our desire. What you thought you wanted or needed in a relationship shifts because you intentionally seek God for his will over your life. When I first met my husband, he did not check the boxes on my list that I had in my BC days. See, in my BC days, I was more concerned about the tangible things. I was more concerned about the outward appearance and not saying my husband don't look good, y'all, because he is fine to me. 
But the first time I told him I loved him, I said, the heart is what makes a person. And I love your heart. I saw him and he saw me. Physically, I have changed over time, but he sees me. He sees my mind. He sees my heart. He sees my spirit. His heart added to my attraction to him. His character, it drew me in. His integrity, it lured me. And I've been lured ever since. (laughs) I want you to ask God, God, what am I holding on to that you want me to let go of? Help me to see what you see in people that I may see their heart. God, you know better than me what I need. So I yield myself to you to keep me in the place of delight of you. So when it is my turn, I will be found in the right place and the right time. If this blessed you, please share with somebody else. If you have a topic that you want discussed here at Women in God's Business, please share with us at info at womeningodsbusiness.com. Don't forget to follow me on Instagram at Misha E. King. My prayer is that you experience the abundance of God's blessing over your life. I am Misha King, and this is Women in God's Business.